0: The following podcast is brought to you by the Johnners Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com.
1: And hello again, wrestling fans. We are back. It is Thursday. We're back at our regular uh, day. Not necessarily time yet, but this is This Week in History, part of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcasting Brought to you by CoolBet, and as you just heard, also part of the Johnners Podcasting Network and the Ontario Podcasting Network here in Ontario. So we're available everywhere you get your podcasts from. You can listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, anywhere else. We're going to be adding on more channels, more uh, worldwide exposure, and uh, have announcements coming up with that in the next little while. Also, uh, thank you for joining us on video wise, whether it's on YouTube or on Facebook. Uh, by the time you see this, it's going to be Thursday evening. We're recording this in the afternoon. And I want to thank you for joining us wherever you are. Reach out to us on our social medias, they're all running across the bottom. We have obviously Twitter, Instagram, and uh, the easiest way of getting us is on Facebook or just stop by our website, scumbagswrestling.ca. So that's uh, all the introductions I need right at the moment because we already did a lot of it uh, the other day when we
0: caught up on things. So, Jonesy, we are heading to Niagara Falls where you are. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I just dealt with uh, getting sprayed for cockroaches, so um, a lot of fumes. Mm. Nice. Don't let it match, I guess.
1: And I'm still at the hotel uh, here in London. I got to check out uh, tomorrow, but uh, then we started trying to rearrange the house and put it back to normal, whatever that is, while we uh, hopefully get it back uh, renovated with the uh, basement. But we're here, we're going to give everybody some entertainment with uh, diving into the rich history of our great sport, as Tony Schiavone would say, and talk about everything that happened during the week of September 24th through the
0: 30th. So if you're ready, so am I. All right, we're going to start in London, Ontario, Canada. 37 years ago, Greg Valentine defeated Tito Santana to win the WWF IC belt. Even though you got Tito holding it up. Uh, Maybe that was the beginning of the match. Anyway, Santana at the time of the match had an injured leg and Valentine worked the leg during the bout and post-match. Uh, Santana had to be stretchered out of the ring. They would feud until July 1985 when Santana defeated Valentine for the title in the steel cage match. You can find that match on YouTube. It's not a very long match. It's maybe three, four minutes long at most.
1: Yeah, it's uh, very short, and unfortunately, uh, that was the closest thing I had to a picture for that match was the start of it with Tito holding it up. Uh, But for the visual, unless... uh, uh, Albano was with him at the time. Uh, Greg at the time, I, I, I might
0: believe have, he Albano was there. Then I, I might have been
1: able to get an actual Greg Valentine and Albano celebrating afterwards, but mm. yeah, that, that was actually
0: a huge shock back then for that to happen because that was the first time that any uh, uh WWF belt ever changed hands outside of sorry, uh, in Canada.
1: Plus, uh, it's very unusual for it to happen non-televised.
0: Yes, yes. So they and, always like to... To show at that, that time London was a hotbed for wrestling because between Toronto, London, and Hamilton, uh, they got a lot of good shows there. Yep. Moving on now, 26 years ago, WWF presented in your house three triple header. From Saginaw, Michigan, uh, the feature of the show was Winners Take All Tag Team Match uh, with all of the WWF championships on the line in one bout. Uh, The winners would take the losers championships. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry.
1: Uh, Yeah, that was kind of uh, an interesting concept. And then, of course, uh, I think uh, later on you're going to tell what actually happened. But I, I think in a way with all the titles that are existing right now, they should uh, do this a little more often instead of having so many individual title defenses. Uh, it's a great, a good concept. Maybe not uh, what they wanted to do because I think Bruce Prichard talked about it uh, one time, about, and that's why they pulled what they did uh, with the actual match itself and the outcome. But sorry, yeah, I'll let you get back to uh, what. Yeah, I on the I, I
0: think it's something that kind of could do now because now they have a hell of a lot more uh, belts like even a survivor series match where the tag team both raw and smackdown are on the line and that would be a great way for them to you know use their belts a little more um efficiently because when you put that many belts in a match it kind of takes away from the rest of it but if since they have so many belts why not Okay, so in that pre-show, uh, free-for-all match, Two defeated Hunter Hearst Helmsley. So Helmsley wasn't quite uh, going up yet. Uh, Psycho Sid defeated uh, Henry O. Godwin. Bret Hart defeated Jean-Pierre Lafitte. And the two dudes with Attitude, um, Diesel and IC champion, sorry, the WWF champion Diesel and the IC champion, Shawn Michaels, defeated the British Bulldog and Yokozuna to win the World Tag Team Championship. However, the next night on Raw, Owen and Yoko would have the belts returned to them as Owen Hart, who was subbed out of the match, uh, was the one who was pinned as he was not the recognized champion at the time of the match, even though Owen was technically one half of the tag team champions at the time. So a little kind of odd uh, change there. But uh, uh, in the post uh, dark match on that uh, card was the Undertaker defeating King Mabel
1: yeah and uh just uh, for clarification on that one they uh, claimed that owen hart wasn't there and that's why bulldog uh, uh, substituted for owen and was technically a tag team champion with yoko that night so it was mm. them being the tag team champions and not owen and then of course owen came in at the end and uh tried to attack and they took out owen pinning him and that's where the schmaz came of oh nope So quite the dusty type finish in that case. And if they were not going to do something with trading the belts, they shouldn't have painted themselves into that corner to do so. But it was a little intriguing to wonder if one of the tag team champions were going to take a singles title. Mm
0: -hmm. 21 years ago, WWF presented Unforgiven. This pay-per-view had a high buy rate due to the anticipated return of Stone Cold Steve Austin after recovering from a broken neck from uh, about a year ago during the Owen Hart match. Uh, Some of the matches on the card, Taz defeated Jerry Lawler via knockout in a strap match. Raven made his WWF debut, interfering on Taz's behalf. Steve Blackman uh, won a 10-minute Hardcore Battle Royal to win the WWF Hardcore Championship by scoring the last decision within the time limit. The Hardy Boys defeated Edge and Christian in a steel cage match to win the WWF Tag Team Championship. Triple H defeated Kurt Angle in a no-DQ match, and Mick Foley was the special referee. The highlight of the event was The Rock defeating The Undertaker, Kane, and Chris Benoit in a fatal four-way match to retain the WWF Championship.
1: the Star Power in that uh, yes. main event there, and different a lot of different styles as well when you have the Te- uh, technical uh, ability of Benoit and then the brawling styles and big man styles of uh, the Brothers of Destruction and sort of the ro- well-rounded version uh, of everything uh, with the Rock.
0: Absolutely. 15 years ago, Team presented no surrender from the Impact Zone at Universal Orlando. Two major announcements that night happened. Impact was moving to Thursday nights, and um, TNA had signed former WWE champion and Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle. Uh, Hernandez and Homicide in an Ultimate X match uh, to win the NWA World Tag Team Championship. And Samoa Joe defeated Jeff Jarrett in a fans-revenged Lumberjack match. The Lumberjacks, 18 members of the audience with leather straps. That sounds like fun. Fan interaction at its best. Okay, all you indie uh, promoters out there doing events, uh, I want one of those matches. I would pay extra to stay in there with a, um, a strap to, uh, oh, yeah, give me, like, I pay 100 bucks for that.
1: Boom. Yeah, well, uh, depending on the organization you go to, uh, especially a lot of the hardcore ones that are coming around uh, lately uh, with no rings and, not, like, no ring north, there's potentially a chance where they're going to be asking uh, fans like they did in ECW to bring weapons and be interactive with it.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm not a super fan of the no ring. Um, to me, that's not wrestling, but I can still see if it, that they can still pull it off if you know they're good entertainers and that. But I'd like to see more of a, um, the kind of a setup they had for blood Bloodsport, yep. where you still have a mat, you just don't have ropes. Anyways. Let's move on to, uh, well, sorry, it's a happy 45th to this beautiful lady here. uh, WWF Chief Brand Officer and wife of Triple H, Stephanie McMahon Levesque. Uh, She is a fourth generation McMahon and a lovely, lovely lady.
1: Yeah, uh, to know that if you're a longtime collector of uh, the magazines and that, which I have all my magazines back from 1988 uh, till they uh, stopped, she was actually in the. catalogs uh, posing with some of the merchandise uh, as she was growing up Uh, there's at least a hat a rocker shirt i think and a couple other items that she uh uh, maybe i think a british bulldog uh, t-shirt as well
0: that she was yeah uh, we'll have to talk about your collection at some point because i'd be interested to see if you have any of the inserts from the events you went to because uh, I don't think I kept any of those, but the little thin magazines—they, the spotlight—I think they were called. I we have a couple of, of them. Yeah. Yeah. All right, moving on to September 25th, 35 years ago in Detroit, Ronnie Garvin defeated Ric Flair in a steel cage match to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship at the age of 42. The man with the hands of stone would drop the belt two months later, right back to Flair in another steel cage match at Starrcade '87. 28 years ago, Shawn Michaels, the then WWF IC champion, walks out on the company in is strip of the IC belt for allegedly testing positive for doing the juice. He was offered a job with WCW. However, he chose to be re- uh, the replacement for Jerry Lawler at Summer, uh, sorry, Survivor Series 93. Jerry Lawler was gone due to being accused of raping and sodomi- sodomizing a teenage girl, charges that would not be proven. Uh Lawler and his knights were scheduled for Survivor Series. Damn, WCW has got to be had been bad for Michaels not to accept uh for the amount of money they were probably offering him, him at the time. And he chose the team with Gaylord, Horowitz, and Valentine overturner money. That's yeah. That's uh, some that really loves uh, where he was. He was definitely loyal to
1: Vince, and Vince was loyal to him. Like he, I bet Sean could have even uh, jumped uh, in 96, 97 uh, and joined the NWO in Holland Nash if he hadn't offered enough money. and It would have been him going instead of Brett. But he was loyal to Vince, and that's why mm-hmm. Vince kept him and uh, said goodbye to Brett.
0: Yeah, nothing against Shawn Michaels, but I think he would have had pretty much the same outcome as Bret Hart did.
1: Yeah, uh, they wouldn't know of,
0: uh, what to do with the Shawn Michaels either. 28 years ago at Madison Square Garden in New York City, Brian Christopher makes his WWF debut against a returning Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Uh, Christopher would later become the beloved Grandmaster Sexy. Yeah. 21 years ago, WWF presented the first Raw's War on TNN after leaving the USA Network. And 21 years ago as well, on Nitro, Vince Russo defeated Booker T in a caged heat match to win the WCW uh, championship. The next night on Thunder, Russo retired from in-ring action. This was the ninth time the title was vacated since Russo came aboard. Prior to the Russo era, uh, that belt was only vacated three times. Also on that Nitro show, the natural-born thrillers O'Hare and Ginger Crack uh, won the WCW tag belts in a battle royal because the tag belts were vacated. Surprise!
1: Yeah, that era definitely Vince Russo proved that titles were just a prop uh, and could be interchanged with anybody. And that's why they vacated it so many times and just went, okay, here's
0: you guys are going to fight for it. I found, I found the last year or so at WCW was similar to, say, 94, 95, when they had Dungeon of Doom and that. They had still some good wrestling matches, but the storylines and all that were just – Yeah. Once again, sometimes, like, if, like I said the other day
1: on the other last show, if you ignore the storylines and just enjoy the
0: bell-to-bell action, Absolutely. you're yep. good. I agree. Uh, Twenty years ago, at a SmackDown taping from Dayton, Ohio, Test and Booker T defeated the Brothers of Destruction, Undertaker and Kane, to win the WCW Tag Team Championships. Fifteen years ago, in Oklahoma City, the first match of Raw was browned out due to technical problems. Uh, Lita quickly won her match with a spear by Edge to Kanis Michelle, uh, and Lita would wrestle again that night against a one-armed Xena. 14 years ago at a SmackDown taping in Indianapolis, the WWE Cruiserweight Championship held by Hornswoggle is vacated and subsequently retired by General Manager Vicky Guerrero. Uh, that title started as the WCW Light Heavyweight Championship in October of 91. 38 men and 2 women, Medusa and Daphne, held the championship. Uh, the light heavyweight championship was contested in 91 and 92 in WCW before the championship was abandoned. It was reborn as the cruiserweight championship in 96 with Shinhiro Otani winning the title in a tournament final. After the death, after the death of WCW, that belt was unified with the WWF lightweight, uh, light heavyweight belt. The Cruiserweight Championship was reborn four years ago uh, following the Cruiserweight Classic. And actually, that's probably like nine years ago uh, with T.J. Perkins winning the tournament and the title.
1: Yeah, uh, quite the lineage uh, going on there. And especially when you said Daphne and Medusa were there. I think even um, Oklahoma had it and he's not even a Cruiserweight. But mm-hmm. that's once again, the uh, Vince Russo era. Um, it's unfortunate that the cruiserweights are not treated with as much respect as they were uh, in Vince Russo, or sorry Eric Bischoff's time because Eric Bischoff knew that that was going to attract the eyes and then the uh, main eventers were going to be what kept the people there, but they uh, always lured people in by the great action of
0: the cruiserweights. And that's the type of stuff that kept people like myself watching is – Again, WCW their main events were who cares because we've seen them years and years ago. But the cruiserweights—that was the good, the good um, uh, matches. All right, to birthday—it's a happy 51st birthday of Yoshi Legend Erica Shinshido, best known to Yoshi fans as AJ Kong. She debuted in 1986, and in November of 92, she ended Bold three-year reign as WWWA world champion. Kong was briefly uh, briefly wrestled in the United States in 95, most notably scoring all four eliminations for her team in a Survivor Series bout. In one belt on Raw, she broke the nose of uh, Shapira Asari. Kong was set to feud with the WWF women's champion, um alundra blaze but blaze along with the entire women's roster was released before the match could occur and the division essentially abandoned
1: yeah it was uh i think it was supposed to happen maybe at a royal rumble but then poof they as you said the division got uh canned and she didn't get brought over and medusa uh took the title with her and eric had her throw it in the trash the pink Mm -hmm. belt and we saw it uh, resurface when Medusa got inducted into the Hall of Fame.
0: Moving on to September 26th, 44 years ago in New York City's Madison Square Garden, Dusty Rhodes defeated WWF champion superstar Billy Graham via countout. The Garden showed out for this one, uh, so a few thousand had to watch at the felt Forum via closed circuit television. Uh, The Felt Forum, uh, of course, is located below the MSG main arena, and it seats between 2,000 and 5,000 people. The theater has changed many names and uh, currently is known as the Hulu Theater. This theater has hosted many events, including Pro Boxing, WCW in 93, NXT, Lucha Libre, Impact uh, Lucha, Invades New York, NFL, NBA, and FIFA Drafts. And a whole bunch of other things, Jeopardy tournaments, Wheel of Fortune, uh, and Survivor All-Stars final. And that Owen Hart and Ken Shamrock Lions then match at WrestleMania, I do believe.
1: Yeah, I think that's where it happened. Um, There's a lot of uh, different uh, rooms and arenas within that whole structure of MSG, uh, where I think at one point you can actually have a basketball game and a hockey game played at the same time uh, because of the different levels. Al. What's interesting is uh, it says it's 44 years ago that this uh, match happened between Dusty and superstar Billy Graham. And a lot of people probably don't realize that Dusty did work in New York at that time, and him coming to the WWE as the, uh, son of the son of the plumber and doing the common man uh, different jobs and the vignettes, getting him in there, being butchered, the uh, uh, garbage man and all those other stuff and getting the polka dots. Was not his
0: first time through the territory. Yeah, that's one thing about the the history of uh, wrestling is a lot of these guys. I had no clue were you know in some of them. We knew that were in there, like um, IRS guy, uh, Rotundo, a uh, Rotunda. Sorry, we knew he was there before, but there's a lot that's like really. Moving on, 26 years ago in Tokyo, Japan, the gladiator Mike Awesome defeated Hayabusa in a tournament final to win the FMW Brass Knuckles championship.
1: It's interesting that that came up uh, in this uh, list because uh, tonight uh, for Dark Side of the Ring is a uh, profile on all the uh, shenanigans, shall I say, of uh, FMW and the deathmatch uh uh, organization that it is and all the nice. secrets behind it. So that's tonight on uh, this week's edition of
0: uh, Dark Side of the Ring. Well, I look forward to that. Uh, 22 years ago, WWF presented Unforgiven. This event had a referee strike because of the abused officials and featured replacement referees. Jimmy Corderis was the only regular official on the show. Scab. Also- Sorry, go ahead. Scab. Scab.
1: That's what they call people who cross the uh, picket lines. No, I love Jimmy Cordero, so I'm hoping to get him on one of our shows.
0: Yes, he definitely seems like a very nice uh, man, and uh, I know he sat in front of us at JR thing. Um, It would also be the last WWF uh, pay-per-view for head writers Vince Russo and Ed Ferreira. Uh, They would leave a few days later for WCW. Some of the matches, D'Lo Brown defeated Mark Henry to win the WWF European Championship. Jeff Jarrett defeated China by DQ to retain the WWF IC belt. Al Snow defeated the Big Boss Man in a bomb of a match. The Kennel from Hell uh, matched to return the WWF Hardcore Championship. Kind of a, you know, one of those ideas that it seems good until you actually uh, put it on and it's like the dogs didn't seem ferocious enough and just, unfortunately, if they were going to do that, they should have just gone with, like, uh, alligators like they used to in the um, old roller derby uh, days back in the 80s. Yeah, it's the problem when you're working with
1: animals uh, and hoping they, they do what you want them to do. Instead, these dogs did not, and they were just basically at ringside crapping all over the floor. Yes. <laughs>
0: Uh, And the uh, main event, Triple H, defeated the rock Mankind Kane, the big show, and the British Bulldog in a six-pack challenge to win the vacated WWF Championship. Stone Cold Steve Austin was the special referee. 18 years ago, the rundown feature movie uh, premiered in theaters, which was a Strike Entertainment WWE Films co-production. The film, while generating well-liked by critics, was a bust at the box office. The film, budgeted at $85 million, makes just under $81 million, with only $47.7 million coming domestically. Though I'm sure they made that up in um, video release. Uh, movie legend Arnold Schwarzenegger has an uncredited cameo in the film. He would do the right thing and pass the Torch of the Rock as the next action go-to actor. And it's not a bad movie. It's, uh, you know, I, I'd, I'd give it probably maybe uh, 65 to 70%. Yeah, well, when the rest
1: of the cast also consists of Rosario Dawson. Uh, guy who played Stifler. Uh, yes, and uh, also, his name escapes me as well. I know his last name is Scott something, and then of course Christopher Walken. Can't go wrong. A decent uh, array of cast.
0: I have. Well, I think video. that's what that kind of saved the movie is the people that they cast in the movie. 17 years ago, Mar- Marian- oh, man. Mariana uh, comolos uh, passed away from breast cancer. She was just 35. She was born September 3, 1969 in Vancouver, British Columbia. Uh, Colmolos would be known to, fan- to WWF fans as Mrs. Cleavage. Uh, she was a former British Columbia competitive champion in 1997. She would appear on the cover of many fitness magazines. In a way there, she kind of looks like um, uh, Marlena, but with muscles.
1: Yeah, it's uh, like Marlena uh, meeting up with a uh, uh, mixture of maybe China, or um, I'm trying to think uh, what the other one's name was. It was uh, Muscle Brown.
0: Oh, yes. 13 years ago, SmackDown airs for the final time on the CW network. The show, born as a one-off special in April of 1999, it was picked up by UPN and was the first regular primetime wrestling show on broadcast television since the 50s. It was an immediate hit and became the most watched show on the network. Eight years ago, Ring of Honor presented Glory by Honor 8, uh, the final countdown from the Manhattan Center in New York City. The show is noted for the final appearances of both Brian Danielson and Nigel McGuinness in ROH before heading to the WWE. Uh, Nigel would end up, however, in TNA after failing a physical for the WWE and the return of Jim Cornette just days after he was let go from TNA. Plus, Bret Hart appeared. Quite the card. Mm-hmm. Six years ago in Kansas City, John Cena defeated Alberto Del Rio, CM Punk, Dolph Ziggler, and Jack Swagger in a five-man Hell in a Cell match to retain the WWE Championship. The belt uh, the belt was the post-show uh, dark match for that evening's Raw taping, and it was the shortest Hell in a Cell match in history at the five-minute mark. And it's a happy 39th birthday today for Kanedo Can- uh, Yuri, a.k.a. Oscar. Uh, the former graphic designer and video game journalist made her wrestling debut with the All Yoshi promotion A to Z. Uh, chronic nephritis and inflammation of the kidneys forced Art Yuri away from the ring in 2006 and opened her own graphics design agency. A year and a half later, she would work as a freelance performer for uh, over 12 promotions. Yeah, so she, she retires, you never know. She might uh, work for uh, one of the wrestling promotions doing that uh, thing.
1: Yeah, I think she was working with Shimmer or something before uh, being picked up by uh, WD and being brought in as Asuka, and she was one of the longest-reigning uh, NXT women's champion, uh in history. I think Shayna Baszler did uh, surpass her, but right now uh, she's uh, currently out with, I believe, a shoulder or uh, elbow injury. I'm just waiting for her to come back, and we'll see if she gets drafted. Uh To uh, SmackDown as part of her uh, return. Mm.
0: September 27th, 56 years ago, Bruno San Martino's WWF Championship belt was stolen from a locked car in New York City. And it's actually never been recovered. 27 years ago in Osaka, Japan, Norio Honanaga defeated Wild Pegasus, being Chris Benoit. In the finals of a one-night tournament to win the vacated IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, which was vacated because of Jushin Thunder Liger had a broken leg. Others in the tournament included Black Tiger, which was Eddie Guerrero. 26 years ago at a WCW Saturday night taping in Atlanta, Georgia, Harlem Heat defeated the American Males, uh, uh, Marcus Bagwell and Scotty Riggs to win the WCW World Tag Team Championship. However, the match was never acknowledged and was retaped two uh, weeks later with the same result. Yeah, and I was
1: uh, on their way to having ten WCW World Tag Team uh, titles uh, for the brothers.
0: Ah, uh, you know, I'd say they were the best tag team that WCW ever had. Yep, yeah, I would agree. 23 years ago, WWF presented Breakdown in your house from the Cops Coliseum in Hamilton. I'm not sure if it was called Breakdown because the fact that it was in Hamilton and that place is... Anyway. Yeah, in the main event, I saw the triple threat with uh, both
1: the Brothers of Destruction uh, trying to get the belt away from uh, Steve Austin. Uh, And there was a bunch of other... uh, I think this was also where Christian ended up uh, debuting. Stop ah. at, at ringside.
0: Cool. September 28th, 36 years ago, the AWA presented Super Clash 85 Night of Champions from Comiskey Park in Chicago, Illinois. Over 20,000 fans were in attendance for the co promoted card presented under a Pro Wrestling USA banner. NWA, WCCW, and All Japan Pro Wrestling were all represented on the card. Jim Crockett uh, would pull all his performers out of future AWA events in pro wrestling uh, USA due to a dispute over ticket gate sales. Really, promoters weren't honest about their ticket gate sales? No way. No. Some of the matches, would, long... Sorry, go ahead. I'd never believe
1: that, considering Dave Meltzer's always saying that WWE uh, usually bumps up their uh, gate uh, numbers for WrestleMania by at least uh, 20%.
0: Yeah, and you know, I question that sometimes of when they do that because would they not then have to pay taxes on those supposed sales? Yeah, Good question. Steven Regal generated, oh, wait a minute. There we go. Steven Regal defeated Brad Reagans to retain the AWA World uh, Lightweight Heavyweight Championship. Sherry Martell defeated Candy Devine to win the AWA Women's Belt. Rick Flair defeated Magnum TA to retain uh, the NWA belt. And Rick Martell and Stan Hansen fought to a double DQ in an AWA World Heavyweight Championship match.
1: Yeah, I looked it up uh, when uh, looking at the card and you said, uh, have Steve Regal uh, defeated Brad Riggins? This is not uh, Steve Regal, uh, also known as Darren Matthews, the uh, NXT uh, GM. This is a different gentleman by the name of Steve Regal.
0: No, oh. well, that is interesting. Stephen Regal, different. I'm just putting a note in here. There we go. All right. Twenty-four years ago in Kawasaki Stadium in Japan, Atoshi uh, 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 Ona, Ona. Oh man, I have problems with this one today. Oneida, uh defeated Wink. Kane Mura in a no ropes barbed wire exploding landmine cage match on the undercard Masato Tanaka defeated Mike awesome to unify the FMW brass knuckles and independent heavyweight championships. Oh, that's a great picture.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure if this is actually from that match. This might be one uh, he did with uh, Terry Funk. But uh, it was uh, he definitely loved doing his uh, exploding barbed wires and stuff like that. So,
0: I sure hope on that um, uh, Dark Side of the Ring they uh, show clips of uh, when Sid Vicious was in a uh, match over there in a floating ring on like the Bayside. It was like outdoors, and you can find it on uh, YouTube. It's uh, quite amusing to watch. 23 years ago on Raw's war from Detroit, Michigan, Vince McMahon attempts to award the WWF championship to Undertaker and or Kane when Steve Austin crashes the ceremony in a Zamboni. And the Brothers of Destruction break McMahon's legs because they can Yeah, that was definitely one of their um, finer moments, uh, especially I think this is the one where he had to do a duck because he like it was quite dangerous. you almost like. Chopped his head off going through one of the doors. He was coming
1: through through where the uh, Titantron was. And then also he was dragging backstage lighting behind him with the Zamboni. And (laughs) when he came to a stop, he actually did move the ring a slight bit. And then went over the top of it and uh, into the ring and clotheslined.
0: Yes, it was definitely... uh, uh, I mean, they tried to... uh, kind of regenerate that feeling with the, the milk truck and the beer truck. But I think this one was probably, for me, the best, because they were using what's already there at the hockey arena. And, uh, you know, just just kind of uh, how, you know, if, if hockey was a part of wrestling, there you go. Yeah, and it uh,
1: didn't necessarily mean that if Steve Austin could, uh, could turn the ignition on, that he could drive anything. Because uh, he might not have uh, driven it into the ring if he uh, had been properly uh, advised on this use of a Zamboni.
0: Yeah, I'm sure he was given a quick tutorial and that was about it. (laughs) Uh, 23 years ago on Nitro from Rochester, New York, Hulk Hogan and Bret Hart fought to a no contest. It is the only televised singles match between the two in wrestling history. 21 years ago at a SmackDown taping, the British Bulldog and Triple H fought to a no contest in the WWF championship match. The Rock was the special referee and it features perhaps the best people's elbow ever where Rocky slid with his shoes kind of, I don't know if they were more like, uh, I think the soles were more uh, kind of like a, um, like a bowling shoe because he got one hell of a slide on that. Yeah. I
1: think they were just regular dress shoes, but because there weren't uh necessarily his ring gear he got a good
0: slide on that canvas mm-hmm. it's a happy 29th birthday to nathan everhart best known to wrestling fans as jason jordan and it's a happy 58th birthday to steve blackman he was born in anville pennsylvania blackman took up competitive bodybuilding and weightlifting before trying professional wrestling Black men briefly worked for Hart Stampede Wrestling before making sporadic appearances for the WWF way back in 1988. He defeated David Sammartino in his debut match for the company. He considered a full-time contract with the company, but contracted malaria and dysentery while wrestling in South Africa in 1989. I wonder if he passed it on to own Hart years later. Uh, Black men would be bedridden for two years, during which time he lost most of his muscle mass. After recovering from malaria, Blackman spent four years in physical therapy. He would take up martial arts, specifically Taekwondo and Eskrima. After getting back to fighting shape, Blackman contra- contacted friends Owen Hart and Brian Pillman for a WWF tryout, and the rest is history. Yeah, looking back at uh, what uh, he did look
1: like, sorry, uh, did look like before uh, this picture. And coming into what most people uh, recognize him remember him for he kind of almost looked like um, Billy Jack Haynes mm, in 88 uh, uh, he had the more thicker hair and beard and everything and you would think that they were could have been brothers
0: yeah yeah and uh, I was never a fan of Steve Blackman um, I don't know I didn't think much of his matches uh, and I don't know he seemed to be kind of Faking his enthusiasm, being there because he didn't have any, going through the motions and
1: rather dry, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: make and making uh Lance, making Lance Storm sound like he uh, look like he's having a party.
0: Yeah, and and when they give him weapons to go to the ring, why you why does a guy like that need weapons if he's that dangerous?
1: Though he did have a good moment with uh, Shane McMahon uh, climbing up the uh, side of the uh, screen and knocking Shane off yes
0: yes he did september 29th 36 years ago today in st paul minnesota jim garvin and steve regal uh defeated the road warriors to win the awa world tag team championship this would be the steve regal for that was in the uh super clash card ah, yes. not, not darren matthews so that definitely would make sense yes 33 years ago in north carolina Iron Anderson and Tully Blanchard defeated the Rock and Royal Express, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson, via submission to win the NWA World Tag Team belts. 28 years ago at a WWF taping in Portland, Maine, the Rock and Roll Express make their WWF debut with a loss to Well Done after interference from Jim Cornette and the Heavenly Bodies. Man, you're having a bad time when you can't uh, win against, well, done.
1: Well, they were on the main card before the Rock and Roll Express were, so.
0: 23 years ago at a Raw is War taping in East Lansing, Michigan, D'Lo Brown defeated x pop to win the WWF European Championship. The show airing six days later is most noted for Mankind, who attempted to cheer up Mister McMahon with the introduction of a sock puppet. Nope, nope. Actually, bit. Oh, did I skip one?
1: No, that one's actually coming up next week.
0: Oh, oh, this one was supposed to be erased. Okay, I'm just gonna. Yeah, kill this that's one. okay. That's uh, that'll be
1: a preview for next week when, No, that's uh, for next week. the birth, the birth of Mister Sacco and Bedpan
0: McMahon. See, I didn't, I didn't do too well in school when it came to editing. Anyways. 18 years ago on Raw from Chicago, Illinois, Rob Van Dam defeated Chris uh, Christian in a ladder match to win the WWE Intercontinental Championship. And it's a happy 51st birthday to Stacey Lee Carter, best known to wrestling fans as Miss Kitty or one of the other Kings Court team members, former wife edition, the cat. And after... uh... Uh, being with Jerry Lawler, I think she
1: uh, was uh, left him after uh, hooking up with Russ Haas, Charlie Haas's brother, hmm. and he passed away. But uh, I don't think they're together now. But she had been with also uh, Sin Bodie.
0: No. Hmm. Yeah, she was pretty, or is pretty. September thirtieth, the last day of this week in wrestling. 61 years ago, uh, both Shohei Giant Baba and Antonio Noki made their professional wrestling debut for the Japanese Wrestling Association. 49 years ago, WWWF presented showdown at Shea Stadium in Flushing, New York. It would be the first of three events in the WWF held at what became the former House of the Mets. In the feature bout, WWF champion Pedro Morales and former champion Bruno Sammartino fought to a draw for the title. The bout ended after 65 minutes due to curfew regulations. And this was, I believe, clipped off of Sean's copy. uh, 19 years ago on Raw from Houston, Texas, uh, Kane defeated Chris Jericho to win the WWE IC belt. And today would have been the 47th birthday of Chris Barton Atkinson, uh, AKA the youngest of the bunch, uh, Chris Von Erick. He is in the WWF Hall of Fame with his family. And last birthday, it's a happy 43rd birthday for the original Go Daddy girl and former WWE uh, diva, uh, Candice Michelle. Oh, yeah. And that is all for this week in um, uh, wrestling history. My usual blurb isn't there, so I'm I'm kind of lost. I know it has something to do with uh, uh, this week in uh, pro wrestling history um, is compiled by the vast land of Google, CapeSideSeats.com, um, and um, of course everyone that ever went to a show took pictures, uploaded them somewhere. All the news people—if it wasn't for all them—a lot of this history would be lost. So. Uh, it's great to always look down uh, memory lane and uh, those that help us put this out there. Cool bet. Um, Doc. Uh, sorry. Cool bet. Stay cool. Bet responsibly. Go check them out. Uh, and uh, that's it for this week.
1: Yeah. We're always happy to have uh cool bet as part of our uh, sponsorship of these shows and uh, getting us out there and uh, yeah, go uh, check them out. Uh, sports game betting and we've uh, table betting. Thank you for joining us. It is a Thursday evening, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your uh, night and weekend. We'll talk to you next week on another edition of This Week in History. See ya.